and newly ripened grain in his knapsack. And he said, give it to the people that they may eat. But his servant said, what? Shall I set this before 100 men? And he said again, give it to the people that they may eat. For thus says the Lord, they shall eat and have some left over. So he set it before them and they ate and had some left over according to the word of the Lord. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Hallelujah. He said, give it to the people. And the servant said, what? You mean as you set this food in f- f- for 100 people, well, how, how much will be left for, for me? How much will be left after they've eaten? These hungry looking people. And this story reminds me of Luke chapter 8, 9, verse 12. The feeding of the 5,000. How many remember that story? Let's, let's rehearse this very quickly. Luke chapter 9, verse 12 to 17. The Bible says, when the day had, had begun to wear away, the twelve came and said to him, send the multitude away, that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions for we are in a desert place here. And he said to them, give them something to eat. And they said, what? We have no more than five loaves and two fishes. Unless we go and buy food for all these people. And there are about 5,000 men. Which means that he sent them quickly probably to count the people. And he had about 5,000 men. Some versions say that, they, they are, some scriptures uh, say that there were about 15,000 people. Some say 10,000 people. But whatever, it was more than 5,000. Because it's just men that were counted, besides women and children, isn't it? And he said, Jesus said, he said to the disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And so they did. And made them all sit down. And he took the loaves of the loaves and the two fishes, looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them and gave it to them and gave it to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled. And 12 baskets of the leftover fra- fragments were taken up by them. Hallelujah. The servant in Elisha, Elisha's story, and the disciples have one thing in common. When the man of God said to them, find food or feed the people, they said what? It's not enough. In life, there are two sets of, two mindsets that people have. Two mindsets. Amen. Are you with me? In life, people have two mindsets. The first mindset was the mindset that the the disciples and the the, the servant had, which is the mindset of shortage, shortage mentality. They had a shortage mentality, which meant that everything 
that I have is limited in resources. It's not enough. Amen. If I give what I have away, I won't have enough for me and my family. They were giving food. The man of God has come. Uh, somebody has come to visit the man of God and they brought food. And the man of God said, give the food to the congregation. Some of the rest of the people who are serving with you so that they eat. The servant said, no, 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 we don't have enough. Hundred people. The food is not enough. Let alone feed. If we feed hundred people, what will be left with for me? What will be left for you, man of God? What will be left for my children at home? Amen. But there is something that is another set of mindset. I'll look at that in a little while. But let's focus on this mindset of shortage. Somebody say mindset of shortage. Most of us have this mindset. Everything is limited. In economics, they say that what? I'm looking at you. Remind me what economics they say. Resources are what? As scarce. Resources are limited. Resources are not unlimited, which means that when you use it this way, that is it. So there's something called opportunity cost. You have to use it wisely or else the resources you have is finished. The money in your bank is limited. When you use it to buy a shoe, you can't use it to buy a, 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 a food. When you use it to buy a bag, you can't use it to buy a phone. You can only use it for one thing. So if you buy a phone, the actual cost of the phone is the bag you have forgone. Are you with me? And that type of mindset brings anxiety. That type of mindset makes us miserly. That type of mindset makes us very mean. It makes us very, very anxious. It makes us lack faith in God. Hallelujah. That, you see, I mean, look at, the, 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 look at this servant, the servant, what he said. He, I mean, he's dealing with a man of God. An instruction from a man of God. Take the food, give it to the people. Look at Jesus. God made flesh. He comes and he tells his disciples, take the food, give it to them. They say, no, we cannot give them because we are in a desert place. We, the food we have is too small. It is, I mean, five loaves. We are 12 plus you, 13. And five loaves. I don't care how big the loaf is. For 12 grown men plus Jesus. It, 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 it tells you that it's not going to be enough. And only two pieces of fish. You know, the other day my wife brought this salmon. It was very long. I was like, wow, this, are we going to eat all this? It was very long. So can you imagine two of these long salmons between 12 men plus Jesus? It's not enough. We cannot share. We cannot give. We are too poor. There is not enough. And Jesus says, no, sit them down. Give it to them to eat. And they say, no, 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 we can't do that. 
You know, we, we think in life this way. It's like we have, let's say we have 10 pounds. If I let you have six pounds, it means you have cheated me because I'll be left with what? Four pounds. And four pounds will not be enough. You, the one begging, you shouldn't get more than I, the one who have the 10 pounds to start with. <laughs> Are you understanding what I'm saying? And, and that's the poverty mentality and the poverty mindset that we will live with in life. And unfortunately, like what Pastor Glau was saying earlier on, we as Christians are supposed to have another mindset, but we behave with this same poverty mindset, and that is how come the blessings of God doesn't flow through us. And that is how come we ourselves are always dry. There are two types of land. You may have a, a, a land which is, it becomes a stream, that becomes a river, and you may have another land that becomes a desert. The difference between the two is, 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 is their outlook towards life. The difference is just their outlook towards life because the rain that falls on the desert is the same rain that falls on the stream, on the river. Are you with me? But the river knows that I need to share, I need to give, I need to become a channel of blessing. So when it receives the rain, it passes it on. When it receives the rain, it gives it to people. When it receives the rain, it, so you see that within time, there is uh, green around it. There are, there are uh, plants growing inside of the, the, the river. You see immediately uh, fishes and things will come and live inside the water. But the desert is dry. Because the desert say, I don't have enough water. I can't share my water. My resources are very scarce. I have to swallow everything. I have to have everything. And they keep swallowing. And they keep swallowing. And they keep swallowing. And they keep getting drier and drier and drier. And it becomes so dry that nobody comes around them. Nothing grows around them. It looks like they are cursed. They are not cursed. It is their outlook towards life that has made them become what they have become. God blessed both lands. The desert is blessed. The river is blessed. But it is their outlook. The one gives. One doesn't give. It's amazing. Unbelievers give more than Christians. And we have made it in such a way that we can't even talk about money in church. Immediately, people begin to look at you differently and suspiciously. Because what, what is it? Why are you asking for money? Why do you want money? Why, anytime this particular pastor, when he comes, there's money he's coming to ask. And because of that, the pastor's wanting to have a good name and not wanting to be uh, somebody that everybody becomes suspicious of. Don't talk about money. And that is how come we are becoming a desert. Hallelujah. Because our mindset is like the servant. They were with Jesus. They knew that Jesus was the channel of all blessing. They knew that Jesus was the son of God made flesh. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Wasn't Peter who said that? Now he comes to a place and Jesus says, give them food to eat. He said, we don't have enough. We are in church, but we have a mind that is shortage mentality. We don't have enough. Why do you want more? Let me ask you a question. When you 
Take in all the oxygen you are taking in in this room. Is the oxygen short? Uh, let me take as much as possible because these people, these hungry looking people, they will, they will suck all the air in the room. No. Oxygen never gets finished. It doesn't matter how much you, you, you sniff and you try to take in the oxygen. There is not ever going to get finished because God is a God that makes all resources abound. Hallelujah. The second type of mindset. So the first mindset is what? Shortage. The second mindset is the mindset of surplus. The mindset that God has more than I'll ever need. This, this mindset gives you abundance, plenty, bountiful. Have you seen those, script, those words in the scripture? In John chapter 10, verse 10, the Bible says that the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I am come that you may have life and have it abundantly. So when God comes, he is coming with the surplus mindset. God comes with the mindset of abundance. God comes with the mindset of, of, of bountiful, exceedingly. Hallelujah. That mindset takes worry away from you. That mindset removes anxiety from you. That mindset will take envy and jealousy away from you. Do you know that envy and jealousy is because you think you don't have enough? We are envious and jealous and we are fearful because we don't think we have enough. Hallelujah. Insecurity is because of scarcity. If everybody had a lot, who would be jealous of anybody? If everybody had a lot, who would be envious? Who would be scared? Who would be insecure? Hallelujah. So, Ask your neighbor, what mindset do you carry? What did they say? Uh, I don't know what they are saying. Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Verse 1 says what? The Lord is... My shepherd, so I shall not want. If God is your shepherd, your mindset must from today be that you will not live in want. You will not live in scarcity. You will not live in poverty. Because the Lord is your shepherd. Hallelujah. The one that keeps Israel will never slumber nor sleep. Hallelujah. When we go to sleep, he does not sleep. When we are not faithful, he cannot deny himself. He will have to remain faithful. Hallelujah. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I don't want to waste time on this. Otherwise, I can camp in on this verse alone. 
Verse 2. He makes me, because he is my shepherd, he makes me to lie down in, in the desert. He makes me to lie down in the sun-scorched earth. He makes me to lie down in a poverty-stricken island. He makes me to lie in places where there is pins and needles. See, you can have Jesus by your side and still have the scarcity mindset, which makes this verse ineffective. Are you with me? This verse will not mean anything to you if your mind is still in the poverty zone. If your mind is still in the shortage area, this verse doesn't mean anything. He can be your shepherd, but you are still thinking about poverty. He is your shepherd. He has blessed you. He keeps giving you water, but you are a desert because your mind has made you a desert, not God. God says, I am your shepherd, and I will make sure you will not want. I am your shepherd. If you follow me, I will lead you and make you lie in green pastures. But no, we are not sure. Let, let us soak and reserve some water. You bring more water. So he gives us more water. Let's soak. We need more water. Then he brings more water. Let's soak. We need some more water. So he brings more water. Let's soak. We need some more water. He brings more water. Let's soak. In, in, in economics, it says that wants are unlimited. More wants are unlimited. Yes. The Bible verse, version of that, that is that when goods are increased, increase are they that consume it. Hallelujah. We can never have enough. The Lord is my shepherd. If you have faith in the God who has unlimited resources and he becomes your shepherd, then it's very easy to follow. When he says, lie down, you will lie down. Because you know that all things work it together for the good of the, them that are they love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. When the Lord is your shepherd, the place that he takes you is a place of still waters. Calm. Beautiful. Nice. When my soul is thirsty, he restores my soul. When I am in want, he gives me a refreshing water. Hallelujah. And, and, and he says that, and he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. You know, to be led means obedience. Humility. Oh, I don't know whether you are getting what I'm saying. To be led means what? Obedience. Obedience. Humility. And willingness. I don't know whether you are getting what I'm saying. 
if you are not willing, if you are not obedient, you cannot, and you are not humble, you cannot be led. Because when you are not humble, and I say pass here, you say why? What do you mean? I want to go here. It's because, one, you are proud. Two, you are suspicious. You think I don't have good intentions. You understand? Three, you are not willing. Hallelujah. So you see, a lot of us, as we call ourselves Christians, we don't have the restoration of our souls, and we are not working or being led by God. We are leading ourselves. We call ourselves Christians, but we lead ourselves. Every, look, you look at yourself. Don't look at anybody. Look at yourself. Everything you have, you've, you've engineered it for yourself. Everywhere you have gone, you took yourself. Everything you have done, you did yourself. Did God lead you? Did you consult? The woman you are about to marry, did you consult God? Did he lead you or you led yourself? The job you are doing, oh. The job you are doing, did you ask God? It's good you didn't hear what she said. It's good. I'm not going to repeat it. See what I, what I live with. He restores my soul. Amen. When God is leading you, the Bible says that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. When their strength is depleted, he renews it. He, he makes your, your youth like the youth, that of an eagle. You never grow old because when you grow old, you renew it. When you grow, as the days are, so your so will your strength be. Why? Because he keeps on restoring you. Hallelujah. See, a lot of us stress ourselves and age ourselves because we want to lead ourselves. A lot of us, as we have sleepless nights because we are trying to organize and orchestrate life. We are trying to organize things. We are trying to have, put things together. We are trying, I have to get a job. I have to, get, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do that. So there's no rest. You go to sleep tired and wake up even more tired. Tossing and turning because you are trying to plan and organize. Who knows somebody? Who knows somebody? Who knows what I'm talking about? You're always trying to organize yourself, trying to fix things, trying to, well, I need to have, get, get a man. I need to, so you, you go to Kindle. You go from, uh, what, what do you call that, those type of Tindle? Is it Tindle or Kindle? Tindle. Oh, whatever. I, I don't want to come down because of some people. That's why I want to. You're going to, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, soulmate dating site. Something, something, sight. Something, something. You are trying to organize things for yourself. And you are stressing out. Hallelujah. When God is not leading you, the life becomes very stressful. Hallelujah. A lot of us don't live the overflowing and abundant life that John chapter 10, verse 10 promises us. 
Because we want to lead ourselves. We want to, to organize and engineer life for ourselves. And it's not easy when you try to organize things. How many have realized that it's not easy? Life is not easy. As you are trying to plan and trying to subtract and add and minus and divide, things don't work. Because the more you are budgeting, the more God is also removing. That's how come we come to church and say, give. We can't give. Because the budget doesn't include church and giving. Hallelujah. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Verse 4. When I lead myself, when I walk, verse 1, he was what? The Lord, my shepherd, so he made sure I did not want. He restored my soul. He led me beside the still waters to lie down in green pastures. Verse 4, I decided to take a walk myself. The Lord was not part of this work. <clears throat> Can you see that? Yea, though he makes me walk. Is that what it says? What does it say? Yea, though I decide to walk. When I took a, 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 a trip to go my own way. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. When I take the trip, I go through the valley of shadow of death. And even there, he's with me. And he made sure, she, the, the, the rod stands for correction. Why would his rod come unless I disobeyed? Oh, you don't get what I'm saying. You have a child, and the child sees the fire. And he sees you putting, you put something on the on the stove. And the child is trying to touch the hot thing on the fire. You put the child in the play pen. The child was okay. The child was playing and happy. The Lord is my shepherd i shall not want gave a bottle to the child makes you lie down in the playpen you have your little musical things that you touch and they make stars and they are happy he leads me in a path of righteousness for his namesake then the child decides to take a walk from the out of the playpen to towards the kitchen and he sees the fire and he wants to touch the fire so, you come and you smack the child's hand. Why did you do that? Come, then you pull the child back to the playpen. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. It is comfort for your hand to be smacked. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. It is comfort for your hand to be smacked. Because if your hand is not smacked, the burn that you are going to suffer may be life-changing. Do you understand? 
the burn that is going to come upon your whole body may reconfigure your face. It may change your life forever. So thy rod and thy staff. I didn't mean to do an essay on this this, this stuff. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Then he goes, now that I'm back into the playpen, thou prepares, now he's back in charge, isn't he? Thou prepares a table before me in the presence of Oh, I'm not. Are you reading with me? In the presence of my, Hallelujah! Thou anoints my head with oil, and my cup runs over. The the New Century Version says, "You fill my cup to overflowing." The NIV says that my cup overflows. The ICB version says that you give me more than I can hold. The first time, it was what? I shall not want. The second time is, can you look for a teacup with a saucer full of tea? And give me another picture of a teacup with an overflowing tea going onto the saucer. Can you find those two pictures for me? I know you're a magician. Yeah. I want to show you something. The first one, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, which means that I will have a full teacup. I have enough. But as you follow on to with the Lord, he gives you another side where he pours more tea into the cup than you need. It's as if God is wasteful. How do you have 5,000 hungry men besides women and children and then you feed them and have 12 baskets collected after? You, you know, everything in the Bible, everything that we see in the Bible has significance. If it was not significant, they wouldn't have let us understand that 12 baskets were collected. Because the God we serve, he's an overflowing God. He's, he's a God that gives more. He knows that there's 8 billion people on earth, but he's giving them more oxygen than 8 billion people did. This is the second one. Find the first one for me. Yes. So the first one, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, which means that I have just enough. How many can get that? I have just enough. How many want just enough? Give me the second picture. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil and my cup runs over. The cup I have is running over. Now, why is it important to have a running over cup? You need a running over cup because others need to drink. You need a running over because others are depending on you. 
You need a running over because others will have to. You see, the saucer is collecting the overflow. Because the overflow is not waste. The overflow is not for you to just show off. The overflow is so that others can benefit. Hallelujah. You know, the scripture we just read, uh, uh, the, the story of the five, feeding of the five, the boys, a boy's lunch. They didn't tell us whether the boy had already eaten. I suspect that the boy must have eaten already. Because boys, as I know them, they don't release their food. Do you understand what I'm saying? Especially that if that's all that they have. So maybe he has already had, because it was five loaves and two fishes. I suspect that probably mommy gave maybe eight loaves and five fishes. Because the comparative analysis, you don't give one, two, three. Do you understand? I mean, you think about sandwich. It's two bread to one. Isn't that, isn't that true? Fish sandwich. Oh, don't look at me that way. <laughs> He's giving a fish sandwich. What does that mean? Two loaves of, uh, two slices, and then fish in the middle. So two slices, fish. Two slices, fish. Fish beggar. Do you understand what I'm saying? So let's say he had uh, uh, about eight, six to three. So he must have eaten one and one. Uh, can, can you understand what I'm saying? He must have eaten something. And the leftover he was willing to give to the, apostles, the disciples who presented it to Jesus. And he fed 5,000 with somebody's leftover. And he collected 12 more baskets left over. So leftover is very important. I say leftover is very important. Abundance is very, very important. You must always have surplus to give. And you can never have surplus if you think like the one who is, is a desert type of person. See, what you need to do is to become careless with the blessing. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. You see, if you have to, you have to take, take a hold of the, the cup and shake it a little bit so that more you, you, you make more room for more to pour, more to come and pour. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. You, you pour so that more can go. So you are becoming careless with your blessing. You become careless with the blessing. You are, you, you are just blessing. You are, the, the liberal soul shall be made fat. When you are liberal with the blessing, then you make yourself a candidate for God to give you more. Are, are you with me? A lot of us as Christians, we don't have that mindset. And that is how come, you see, God is a God of principle. How many can understand that? God is a God of principle, and the principles always work. The liberal soul is made fat. I don't care how, how much you pray. I don't care how much you fast. If you are somebody who doesn't give, you can never have. With all your prayer, you will not have. With all your fasting, you will still be broke. Because your mind, it is not the right thing. That is why in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, is that be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
Because as your mind re renews itself, then you are able to take more and receive more. Hallelujah. To walk in the overflow anointing, overflow blessing. Hallelujah. John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Bible talks about the woman at the well. How many know that story? Let's look at that story very quickly. Verse 5. So he came to a city of Samaria, which was called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. And it came to pass at the sixth hour that a woman of Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me to drink. And his disciples, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink, a, Samaria, a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was who says, Give me, you would have, you would give, you would have asked him to, and he would have given you what? Overflowing water. Give me a living water. Give me a, a tap that is flowing. And give me the old vessel that they used to draw a well from the well so that we see what Jesus is talking about. He says, give me your small jar. Your small, it's, a, it's like a plastic, a black plastic something that they, they put it, they lower it down the well, and then they draw. Sonia, you know what I'm talking about, isn't it? <laughs> you didn't get a joke, it's okay. <laughs> it's only Sonia who knows what I'm talking about. The rest of you haven't seen well and water before. <laughs> How many have seen, seen some? <laughs> Don't go and laugh at her. <laughs> All right, so... Hey, I'm in trouble. In the way she's, she's looking at me, I'm scared now. So Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me to drink, you would have asked him. Go on, quick. Or you're trying to find, okay, so you go and find, I would, I would find, you find your thing. You would have asked me, and he would have given you living water. And he said, Sir, have you, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you have that living water? See, the, man, the mindset I'm talking about. Can you see, can you see, can you see what, what uh, Jesus is asking? Give me this so that I can drink a little. And I in turn will give you, no, no, this is, not, give me like a spring water, spring, living spring. Find a spring of water. So we can compare this with a spring of water. 
that never runs dry. It never runs out. You always have. 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 Can you imagine comparing this to that little jar? When Jesus comes, he will always first ask you to give me a little jar. What he intends to do is to give you a, a, a spring of water. But he will not just give it to you without asking you to bring your little jar. That is in your hand. Because he needs a reason to bless you. Hallelujah. And to do that, he also needs to change your mindset. Because if your mindset is wrong, then it doesn't matter how much living water he gives you, you will become a desert. So he needs to change your mindset. And that is why he's asking you to give him that water. So that water is what will change your mindset. So this woman said, hey, 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 Jack, hold on. You are a Jew. I am a Samaritan. How is it that you're asking me to give you water? What Jesus was trying to say that this person has a racist tendency. This person has a, a sexist tendency. This woman has a poverty mindset. And you cannot make yourself an avenue, a channel of blessing when you have a poverty mindset, when you have a sexist mindset, when you have a racist mindset. It doesn't help for you to become blessed. Because when you become blessed, you choose who you give. You look for all the Samaritans to bless and, and not mind the Jews. Are you understanding what I'm saying? You will not mind the Jews. So, Jesus needed to change her mind. Say, hey, no. I know I'm a Jew. I know you're a Samaritan. But I say you, give me water to drink. For if you had known who it was, who was speaking to you, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. That runs, never runs dry. And then the woman goes on to say that if you have this water, then please give me this water so that I come to this well no more. Then the woman said, sir, you have nothing to drink. I've read this. Go to the 12. Then he said, greater than, are you greater than our father Jacob who drank this from this well himself as well as his sons and his livestock? And then he goes on to say, Jesus answered, whoever drinks of this water will test again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never test. But the water that I give him shall become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Then the woman said, sir, give me this water. If you have this water. See, her mind is still selfish. Her mind is still, now she's overcome that racist tendency. So she's, she's now willing to accept water from a, a Jew. So she has overcome the racist tendency. But her selfishness is still there. And so he, this is what Jesus says to the woman. And Jesus said to her, go and call your husband. 
Go and call your husband. Because you are a very selfish human being. Let me see who your husband is. So that when I give you this water, I expect you to share it with your husband, and that means with your community. Then the woman answered and said, I have no husband. See, the mind is still me, myself, and I. And Jesus said, you have well said you have no husband. It's true. But you have had five husbands. And the one whom you have now is not your husband. You have somebody who is not your husband, but you have somebody. See, Jesus was not trying to dig into the woman's private business. What Jesus was trying to do was to change the woman's mindset. Because if you have poverty mindset, every blessing will become a curse. Are you understanding what I'm saying? If you have a mindset that is always selfish, that's always thinking about you, that's always thinking about what will make you happy, what will make you comfortable, what will make you, you know, uh, uh, have more. If you have that mind, you will not do well. Hallelujah. And then he goes on, verse, verse, verse 19. Then the woman says, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. And you Jews say that Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Then Jesus said to the woman, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither worship on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming. Somebody say, but the hour is coming. But the hour is coming. And now is when the true worshipers of will worship the Father in what? Spirit and in, in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. Hallelujah. What he was doing was making a surgery on the woman's thinking. It's a long process. Trying to change. Because see, until your mind is changed, the blessing will not flow. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Your mind needs to change before the blessing flows. So he says, God is a spirit. And they that worship God must worship in spirit and truth. Verse 25, quickly. Then the woman said, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us all things. And he said, I who speak to you am he. And at this point, the disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman. And yet, no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking to her? Then the woman left the water pot. Somebody said she left the water pot. Went her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man. Somebody said, come see a man. 
Or say it like you mean it. Come see a man. This is somebody who is go back to the water uh, overflowing uh, teacup. She's going. Her teacup is full. Now she's very excited and she's running. She has left her teacup. She's running to go and use what is in the saucer to give everybody. It came by a change of mind. Come see a man who told me everything about me. Now her selfishness is gone. The shame is gone. The poverty mindset is gone. So she becomes a channel that God can use to bless. I pray for you and I pray for me. That you and I will become channels that God will use to bless us. Hallelujah. Now in John chapter, I'm, I'm finishing, I'm finishing. I think I've given us enough for today. What do you think? What do you think? You want more? <laughs> okay. John 7. Verse 37 says that on the last day, the clamors of the festival, Jesus stood up and shouted to the crowd, anyone who is thirsty may come to me, and anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scripture declares, rivers of living water will flow from his Heart, hallelujah. He says that anyone that wants, anyone that wants, let him come. And when they come, rivers of living water will overflow. Hallelujah. In Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 says something, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Hallelujah. The conditional clause there is if. Isn't it? If is a conditional clause. What if says is that if you can change your mindset. And it also gives us how we can become. Obedience. If you be willing and obedient, then you will eat the good of the land. There's a good in every land. You know there's a good in this land. And the people who are enjoying the good in this land, they are not enjoying the good in this land because of work. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. The people who are working and getting paid, they are not enjoying the good of this land. They are just enjoying what their strength has given them. But there are other people who are enjoying the good of the land. I'm not going to go in there. Do you know that part of our taxes are used for the royal family? A great, as all of us, we are, well, the money we are paying, 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 paying. What when you buy something, when you go to work and everything, part of it is given to some people and they just have it. There's a good in the land. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. 
The way you are looking at me, I'm not going to go there. Don't worry. Some of you are looking at me very worried. Where are you going? You are going to a minor. I'm not going anywhere. I'm here. I'm just trying to tell you that there's a certain good in every land that you don't have to work for to get. First of all, you need to be willing to change your mind. You need to be obedient to the word of God. And when you become willing and obedient, then you can enjoy the good in the land. Hallelujah. My time is gone. I, I, I wanted to show you a few steps that we can take to become partakers of the overflow. How many want to know how to be partakers of the overflow? Yeah, we're going to look at it. But I'll, maybe I'll give you one. The first one I'll give you is being connected to God. In John chapter 15, verse 1, the Bible says, I am the vine and you are the, my father is the vine dresser. Every plant, every, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Hallelujah. You're already clean because of the words which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Hallelujah. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and hide in him, the same bears what? Much fruit. The word bears much fruit is the same that has overflow. Hallelujah. So let's read verse 5 together. Ready? Go. Hallelujah. He says that he who abides in me and I in him, the same bears much fruit. The same have an overflow of life. For without me, because, the word for is the same as because. Because without me, you can do nothing. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. When I take over, I am going through waterless places. Valleys of shadows of death. The valley of the shadow of death means that a valley of dry bones. Places where skeletons. Places that no life is. When we trust in our strength and we trust in our connections and we trust in what we can do for ourselves, we are only frustrating ourselves. But when we allow him to lead us, he takes us into the overflow. May you receive the overflow.